0: So today, we're in Genesis, Genesis 15, let's turn to our Bibles, and we're going to be in uh, Genesis chapter 15 for today. We're going to cover a little bit more than just verse 1 and 2, but I want to kind of highlight that in our word today, amen? So we're in Genesis 15, when everybody's there say Amen. Like I always say, if somebody say, you know what, I don't have a Bible, Pastor. Let's, we can work together on that. All right? So I want us to all have our, our word, because that's how we're going to grow when we get more into the word. So Genesis 15. And I'm trying to, normally I, I have my lovely wife, who can't be here, who uh, we're Skyping, not Skyping, but FaceTime. I, Apple always got to change their name of where everybody else is doing. So we're FaceTiming back there, so hello, so she should be a part of the uh, service as she's in the hospital bed, and we're going to try to come up with other innovative ways to, to get to all our members, but uh, Tranel, do you mind being my reader today? All right, so we're in Genesis 15, verse uh, 1 and 2, and, and let me introduce that uh, for us, so Abraham, who is considered the father of so many different nations, uh, which is a blessing, what God was giving, we we find uh, Abraham in uh, chapter 12, where God has called him out of Ur, uh, a place, uh, his homeland, um, would be almost like God calling me out of Dallas, Texas, and saying, "You're going to move to a whole different area where you don't know anybody, and I'm going to just move you there on promise." And what he told. Abraham to do, and his name was Abram at the time, he said, I just want you to leave. Now, Abraham said, well, I'll leave, I'll leave with my family. And, and that, that was the issue, we'll find out later. But he moves him in uh, Genesis 12. In Genesis 13, and I want you to understand, Abraham, or Abram, was without an heir. So, he moved with Lot because he thought Lot, his nephew, would be his heir. Because he had no son. And Abraham at the time was called out around the age of 70. Around the age of 70. So his wife was around the age of 60. So he was called out of his homeland. He moved with his nephew. His nephew at the time, when we get into uh, chapter uh, 13, uh, he's seeing all these blessings and so forth. But even in that, we see that Abraham will still alive. Uh, he went down to Egypt in, uh, in that chapter. And the Pharaoh said, well, who is this lady? He looked at that lady, and he said, well, that's my sister. And technically, it was his half-sister. So technically, when you ever got to put technically on something, you're lying. Technically, he wasn't lying. Technically, he was lying. So he said, to, that's my sister. So Pharaoh took her into his house. And after a while, Pharaoh got sick. The whole household got sick. Everybody's sick. Then Pharaoh said, brother, this your wife? He like, well, actually, what well, it was... See what happened? It was his wife. He said, "If you don't get your address out of here, and all your folk get up out, and they had to leave." Uh, but God was still blessing him. And so then we find him in uh, chapter 14. Uh, I'm sorry, also chapter 13, and and, and goes bleeds into 14. lied to say, hey, I got a lot of stuff. You got a lot of stuff. You know, at a certain point in time. You accumulating so much that you need to move up by your mama's house, cause you trying to run your own stuff. And mama saying, Well, Lot wanted to say, I wanna say, I got my stuff now, I wanna get and, and divide our stuff. And Abraham or Abram was so faithful to God and, and so also loving to Lot, he said, you know what, I'll let you choose where you wanna go. And I'll take the other side. And so Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah, something that was that area, already established. And Abraham, his area was not established. He was considered in some places a nomad. He was still out there in the countryside while Lot was going to go to the big city. Lot goes to the big city. Then in chapter 14, they come to Abram and say, you know what? Your nephew just got, uh," we will say hemmed up. He was kidnapped by other kings. The this, uh, king of uh, Sodom said, It not I can do? They were all coming down. You ever heard of those kind of situations? Man, they all came in there. I didn't know what to do. They took all the money. Really, all the money? All the money. So Abraham went and got his servants and like, we're going to go get our people. And, and he went up and got his nephew. Got spoils from it and so forth. He tithed in that time. Those are all... And we. Those are sermon series within themselves, but we come to fifteen where Lot is back where he's supposed to be, and and he's back where he is back in the country, and he looks out and, and he goes in verse uh,
1: one and two. Read that for me, Chanel. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, "Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward." And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus.
0: In verse 1, it's almost like God was saying to him, and all things work together for good for you, Abraham, because you love me, and you are called according to my purpose. That you have messed up sometimes, Abraham, but I'm still here with you. And so we come to this point. That we got to understand, who is your boss? What do you call God? Here we talking about the name Adonai in, in chapter 15. Because when, when Abraham or Abram is addressing God, he says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram. I am your shield, your abundant compensation. Your reward shall be exceedingly great. And Abram said, Lord God. He's saying, Adonai. You control all of this, my boss. I'm getting a little bit older. You called me out of Earth, my homeland, out of Texas, some time ago. And you didn't move me to, now let me back up, because uh, my boss, Genesis 15, 1 through 2, my boss. And you called me out into the countryside. My nephew, I know he's not the heir, because you allowed him gone to Sodom. Now I have one person. He's a servant of my household. He was born in my household. I can make him my heir. Because at the end of the day, I have to make somebody my heir. I gotta be able to give this legacy to somebody, Lord. What is your future plans? And it says he's really asking, what's your future plans for me? You ever gotten to that point with God? You ever gotten to that point with your old job? or your relationships. Some of my ladies have been dating some guys for years. So what's your future plans for me? Are, are we planning to get married? Are we planning to have a family? Or are we going to stay like this? What, what is our future plans? So we have come into a, 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 a situation where he's saying, what is our future plans? And he's coming to Guy Edelman, my boss. What is your future plans? Do Do you want to do it like this? Do you want it to be my servant? Many times we have a Plan B, don't we? No joke. If you don't want to get right with me, I will find me somebody else. Me to do that work. Been talking for a long time anyway. Now that's Plan B. Quiet Plan B. I'm not trying. I ain't trying to tell my lady to look around. But some, you know, you got that Plan B you don't want to get right, I can get right. Some of us got on our job, you don't want to give me this raise, I'll go. I got resumes out there. And sometimes we can get boastful with ourselves, amen? We can get boastful without plan B. You know you don't want to do me right, I'll go. And God is saying, but I have a plan for you. When we go to Jeremiah 29, 11, it says I have a plan for you, a plan of prosper you. I have a plan. And so we get to this point where this Adonai this is my boss. Talking about how the Lord is the creator. Lord is the master. Lord is, he is the one who is dictating. He is sovereign. This is where Moses met Edomai. He met Edomai at the burning bush. This Edomai, And many times, what we want to do with God is like how we want to do on the job sometimes. We want to negotiate. Because, because we're trying to make it be understanding in my eyes. But God is saying, don't you want to go a little bit higher? Why bring it down, and not go up? But meantime, we want to bring God down to our level and not go up. And so we got this Edonai. Who is Edonai, my boss? And so, who is Edonai? This is where, when we get into uh, the Bible, we see that Edonai is used over 300 times in the Old Testament. And our Bible is a little bit difficult because meantime, we see the word Lord. That's where it's saying edonai. The edonai is saying master, the my boss. And so we see that it also refers back to his Trinity, uh, because his edonai is in the plural form, so it's kind of referring back to his deity being God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So this edonai, edonai also uh, conveys ownership. When when you have someone owning something. You, you go look at them as, well, you own this, fix this. So when we come to God, do we come to God as owner or do we ask him as being a partner? Sometimes we talk to God like he in the back seat, like we controlling him. Sometimes we talk to God as he's just simply my partner. But we need to talk to God as you are my master. You see the difference? Because I'm not dragging him nor is we walking like this, but he is actually in front of me, blazing a path before me. It's, it's almost like a parent saying, well, I'm friends with my children. Many times that's conveying what? It's conveying my kids talking to me, hey, man, what's up? Or like Michael Jackson, what's up, Joe? That's, little, that's strange to us. Isn't that strange when we hear that? If my, you know, anytime my child, hey, my... It don't roll like that. But meantime, we would talk to God like, Hey God, what's up? He's not my partner, nor am I dragging him. I'm seeking after him because he's ahead of me. Is God ahead of you? Are you walking within his shadow of glory? Or are you trying to be so far ahead of him that you can't even, he can't even try to catch up with you? Is God truly your boss? We get into... From verse 1 to verse 2,
1: please read verse 3 and 4 for me. And Abram said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir.
0: Now, once again, you talk about not? He's talking about this boss. He's talking about somebody that's controlling what he's doing, how he's acting. He's talking to someone who is, who is the person who is sovereign in his life. And he says, should this person that's born in my household be the person, because God, you know I, you called me out at 70. And now it's about 10, 15 years later, Lord. Now I'm about 80. And you're telling me that I'm still going to have this son. And God says, I promise you, you're going to have a son from your own flesh. You're not going to have to depend upon adoption. You're going to have something that's inherently yours. Is it hard to believe that somebody who's about 80 years old can go ahead and produce a child? Now remember, the wife is not a young one. She Isn't that not, not an 80-year-old having a relationship with a 20-year-old? This is an 80-year-old having a relationship with a 70-year-old. Is that, is that seem a little too far-fetched, Kendra? You know, doesn't that sound like that? You know, if, you, if today, right now, a, a 70-year-old woman came up here pregnant, we all be looking like, Lord, mercy, what's going on in here? Now, I want us to understand something, that God is still not going to give this baby to her at 70. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But the question is, do I have faith? Do I have faith? Read the verse
1: 7 for me right now. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of earth and the child these to give thee this land to inherit it. Do we have
0: faith? And our faith many times need to reflect back on what has God done for us? Young man that we've been praying for recently uh, for employment just told me I, I got employment. I started work last Thursday. Just recently, uh, we were talking in, in our transformational Bible study about blessing that Victory Baptist Church has had. The, the prayer for one child uh, of a family, and God gave two. The prayer for a musician, and God gave two. And so, and God keeps a blessing. And so I, I continue all that to say, what is your faith looking like? Do you have faith in God? Is, is your faith in God... Based just on your situation, because understand, if your faith is based upon your emotion, what's going to happen? It's going say it again. Because what happened with emotion? They go up and down. The, with us in our emotional state, do we love like we should love? Sometimes. Someday we don't like the person we with, amen. Someday, someday. Let's be honest. Someday those mothers. Sometimes you were you will mind for your children now. Some days, you like, y'all acting such a fool. I will put y'all out this door. Amen. Somebody say amen, because I know it's true. I know it's true. I know some of y'all on Gray Street. Y'all say, Lord, you're going to stay with me. I put these children. And, and, and those parents, if you were ever on a jury, and you heard somebody shook their child, you say, well, I kind of understand. See, they get on people that never had no children on the jury for that. But for us, for us, we're walking on this faith street, and God said, I don't want y'all to act in emotion. Because what happens in that emotion goes up and down. I want you to act on facts. I want you to act on facts. Why act on facts and that emotion? What, what, what happened with the facts? Is two plus two always four? Is that going to change? Two plus two is going to always equal four. In emotion, emotional two, two plus is always a variable. You remember in, in algebra when you had two plus two B? You're like, what does that mean? <laughs> and you had to figure it out, and they told you what equals, and they gave you the number, you're like, I don't know how that got there. I don't know! Many of us struggle in algebra because algebra is the emotional math. It has variables. How you came in today, you've been loved and catered for today, next Sunday you might like me, you treat me bad. Emotions. But when we deal with facts, two plus two is always going to equal four. God wants us to go and operate within the facts. If emotion has no place, no, we are emotional beings. God created us like this. But God wants us, our facts faith to be within the facts of the situation. If God called you, and that's why he goes in verse 7, I called you out of the earth, didn't I? Yes, God. And I gave you all this, didn't I? Yes, God. I'm the one that did all this right? Yes, God. I'm giving you the facts. Think about the facts of your life. Do you have faith? When you're struggling at certain points, look at the facts of what God brought you through. Some of us, that we would share our testimony, how we have left our family and God restored our family, and we're stronger than ever before, that's facts. That's not emotion. When you look at, when you, you were in a terrible car accident, and they say, you should have died. You should be dead. But somehow, someway, and I know that somehow is God, that's a fact. I'm still whole and still well. Some of us have been diagnosed with cancer. And when they said, you don't have long to live. And God said, I, I reject that. I have a fact. Some of us have a case on our head and somebody says you should be locked up. But God said, I don't have that plan for you. That's a fact. Do you understand? God has some facts for us to live by. That his son Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. That's a fact. He died on the cross and was buried in a tomb for three days. That's a fact. Then he got up with all power. That's a fact. Because he died, that means my sins died with him. And because he rose from that grave, fact, now I'm free. Who the son sits free is free indeed. That's a fact. See, we got to start operating in facts. You see, with gossip, gossip is not factual sometimes, right? Because I can say, did you see what you got on?" I bet her and her husband not doing well. I bet they' about to get divorced. See, that's gossip. Gossip, emotional. You see, that media takeouts of the world, TMZ of the world, uh, the Globe, the Star, all that stuff. That's all emotional. We got some folks cracked out, and we don't even know nothing about their situation. But gossip, I operate in fact. And so God's been operating. Do you have faith? Do you have faith that what God has brought you so far this way, that God's going to bring you a little further? Do you have, do you have faith that if God brought this church from 15 folks to now we were here. He brought us from, from a vision to a house to the rec center that God will not, in fact, give us our own building. I'm going to tell y'all something. I want y'all to operate in fact. Because see, when we deal with facts, sometimes facts is, is gotta be patient. See, emotions gotta happen right now. You gotta love me right now. Why you didn't call me? I expected your call. See, facts w- will allow, you know, he called me yesterday, he'll call me in a little bit. That's facts. We have to be in our facts. So that's what I'm trying to tell us. We run from a vision to a house to a rec center. I'm telling you, facts. God's gonna give us our building. It may not be right now. That, it may not be two years from now. That's all right. Because sometimes you got to be in your Egypt experience before you come over to the promised land. Sometimes you got to get so strong. Because this is what happened with Abraham. He left just with his family. No son, just a uh, wife and his nephew and servants. He left there. And in in these verses that you're going to see, that God's going to show him, I'm going to give you a son, but I'm going to tell you, your people will endure slavery for 400 years. And they will go down to this land. He doesn't even mention what the land is, but it's Egypt. They're going to go down there for 400 years and be a slave. But during those 400 years, they're going to amount up to about 2 million people. Think this man who left Earth with just him and his wife and some servants and a nephew. It's now gonna have two million people in 400 years in four hundred years. See, won't we allow God just to bless us like that? Now he didn't tell Abraham you're gonna to get to see it, because it's 400 years later, Abraham. He said, but Abraham, you're gonna live well, and you're gonna be very well, and you're gonna be remembered well. But don't worry about all that, Abraham, because this is what I'm this is the kind of God I am. You see, look, come out here at the tent, Abraham. Look at these stars and I wish I could just put stars on the ceiling. He said, look out. Look at how many stars can you count them? No, I can't count them. Can you count the blessings God's given you? Really count them. Can you count the blessings from day one to now? Can you count how God has blessed you? Many of us can, uh, can say, I feel slighted by God in this way. Really? Is it was it God or was it you? Are you really disappointing God or are you really disappointing yourself? Look at the blessings. If you could count the stars which you can, that's how many blessings you got it's, it's, it's innumerable we have been blessed and blessed so going back do you have faith in God so we go from having do I have faith to now my God has a promise and when God makes a promise he brings a promise with a contract and, and Charnel, if you read, uh read on for me verse 8
1: And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle-dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these, and divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another. But the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham, Abram drove them away.
0: Stay right there for me. So this is what's happening. And back in the day, when they were going to make a contract, they would cut up goats and things of that nature. So blood would be spilled so that they could make this contract. Okay, so what's going to happen is God is making a contract with Abraham. He's saying, "You know what? I, I want you to sacrifice all this, Abraham. And this is what you're going to see, Abraham. I'm going to come down and sign a contract. Normally, when you have a lease agreement, who got uh, you know when you get with your apartment, you got to sign and they got to sign. Amen." But in this case, God's saying, you don't have to sign. I'm signing. it. He said, I'm going to walk through here like a torch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn it within the, uh, this situation. I'm going to be the one signing. Now, I want us to understand, for us as Christians, God sent his son to die on the cross for us because blood had to be spilled to atone for our sin debt. It, it, was not because, it wasn't that we signed or we did something, but God said, I'm going to send my son to die on the cross for you. And when he dies on the cross for you, it's going to be a sign that your sin debt has been paid. It's been paid by his blood. And so blood has been spilled. And so in this situation, blood has been spilled. But I want you to understand, when you're trying to get close to God, you're going to have you some buzzards around. Read the buzzer verse one more time for me.
1: And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away.
0: I want you to understand, you've been trying to get close to God, have you been having some buzzards, some vultures, some haters on you recently? Have you been having some folks that say, I mean, you really got to go to church today? You really got to get your Bible? Well, don't you want to do this with me? And you know, because you've been trying to grow in Christ, that that's not what you should be doing. Hasn't there been some situations that some folks like, well, if it was me, don't you love them kind of people? If it was me, ain't nobody praying what you get. If it was me, I want blah, 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 blah. See, we all got some buzzers, and I want you to understand, when you got a vulture going around, they circle around first. They circle around. Why? And, they, and they, You don't have to be dead yet. You got to be struggling in the, in the desert. you just struggling and he, they just flying around you. they waiting for you to stumble. Some of us got some vultures, some haters around us that have been circling around us in that heat of the day and we struggling. And God is saying, I'm here to renew you. I'm here to strengthen you. I'm here to get you stronger. But you got these buzzers flying around. And you know, at a certain point in time, do we all fall? Then we all make a mistake? Then we all stumble, and when you stumble, what's going to happen? That vulture comes swooping down on your back. And they come to be a hater. But I want you to understand, Abraham drove off his vultures. Some of us are not strong enough to drive off our haters. you got to understand, you got a Jesus Christ that's strengthening you, that's saying, I will drive off them haters on you. Some of us have been rejected by some hot mess situations. But I want you to understand that you can say what? You better get off me, buzzard, because I got my Jesus Christ. You better back off me because I got Edel Nye. I got my boss. And he said, Get off me. You got these buzzards circling around you? Let them circle. Let them see the glory of God. Don't worry about the hater. Don't worry about the buzzard. Don't worry about the vultures. Let them keep circling around because they're going to try to see that light and salt in you. They gonna Seeing that transformation that God is doing in you. They're going to start seeing how he's putting that torch on you. He's refining you. He's taking that dirty coal that I told you about and he's refining you into this fine divine diamond for his glory. Let them circle around you because when they swoop down the next time, God's going to knock them out. Don't worry about the buzzers. Don't worry about the haters. Don't worry about the vultures. They may try to eat upon you but in a minute, you're going to get you some light on you and I'm going to keep praying for you. So don't worry about that. So God is telling us that he has a promise for us. He has a promise. So God is promising and his promise is not conditioned upon who you are. It's not conditioned upon what you do. It's not conditioned upon what you say. Who you hang out with. It's not conditioned upon you. It is only conditioned upon himself and that's unconditional. Because my God is the same God of Adam, the same God of Abraham, the same God of Jacob, the same God of David who slew the Goliath, the same God that was that is Jesus' father, the same God that was with Peter, the same God that was Paul is the same God today. So my God does not change. He remains the same forevermore. So he made a promise. Any of y'all been promised a raise at your job and never got that raise? Then they make some excuse, well, you know, the budget and uh, the fiscal year didn't come out like it's supposed to. Uh. And, you, and that's all you can do, you're looking like, okay. Because you were, were planning on that money, weren't you? You we were planning on that little increase. Well, God says you don't have to worry about the budget year, because my promise will be fulfilled. I sent my son. That was a promise. I sent him to die on the cross for you. That was a promise. I sent him to be that divine glory for me. That was a promise. I sent him being that tomb. That was a promise. And I told you I would never forsake you nor leave you. You have never experienced a day without me. I promise that. I promise I would not flood this world again. You haven't seen it since. I promise that. I promised. I promised. So, in the end, the question remains. Who is your boss? Is your boss the, the God that told Jer- uh, told Joshua, I want you to march around Jericho? I just want you to march around and worship me for a couple of days. Uh, and and at, the, at the end of those couple of days, Joshua, I promise you the wall's going to fall down. You just got to worship me. Is your God, your boss, the same boss that told Noah, you know what? I want you to build a boat. It's going to be a building project for 150 years. Is that the same God that you serve? Is the same God that you serve? The same God that told David, I want you to go uh, slay a giant today. I know all of Egypt is scared. I know Saul the king. Scared, but you're gonna go out there as a little boy, a young man, and go out there with all power because I'm dwelling within you. Is the same guy your boss? Is he the same guy that put breath in the very lungs of Adam? Is he the same guy that gave us redemption story that lasted for more than 2,000 years? Is he the same guy that told Mary, Mary, you're gonna have a baby, but Mary, you don't even know a man. Mary, you're gonna have a divine intervention in your life. Is that the same guy? God that you serve? The same God that took a terrorist in Paul and said, Paul, you're going to take your terrorist behind and become a missionary for me. Is that the same God that you serve? Is the same God that you serve uh, that took a murderer in Moses, a murderer in Moses, a fugitive, and said, you're going to lead my people out of Egypt. Is that the same God that you serve? The same God that sent his son who said, I'm going to put stripes on his back so we can be healed. I'm going to put a crown of thorns on his head so you can see the crown of glory in your life. That same God do- have that same God in your life? And then at the end of the day, is he the same God that wraps up the whole love story? And this book is saying, I just say amen. Don't add to it. Don't subtract from it. Just say amen to it. Because I am that God of love. God said I am love. Is he that same God in your life? That's why I gotta ask you today, who is your boss? Is your boss you? Then you've been failing yourself. Is your boss your job? Then your job gonna fail you because you're gonna get laid off. Is your boss social security? Security, then the check ain't going to be right. It may not it come this week. We don't know they try to shut down the government. Is your boss, the government. Is your boss, all this stuff around you. Is your boss, those haters. Because I'm going to let you know, all those bosses are imperfect. And all those bosses are self-interested. And all those bosses are going to fail you. Is your boss, some sorry joker, who laid up at the house right now and don't really care about you. Who is your boss? Because i want to tell you today, like Joshua told his people, Eh! <laughs> me and my house. You gotta make a choice but as of like me in my house, I'm gonna serve the Lord. My boss that took me through this week, my boss that took my wife into the hospital room on Thursday. Then my boss then put her in a surgery room the next day. But my boss brought her out Oh hell, Lord. I'm gonna tell you something about my God. I'm gonna tell you that my God is good. I'm gonna tell you that if I reach out to a Christian, my reaching out back prayer. I'm gonna tell you I serve a good the Bible and merciful and grace God that's the kind of God but he's just he's loving and he cares about you that's the kind of God that's the kind of boss I have yes he's Jehovah Jireh yes he's Jehovah Rafi yes he's Jehovah Nisi yes he's a doctor yes he's a lawyer yes he is all those things but at the end of the day he's also Adonai my boss so I'm gonna open these doors of the church and there is somebody who doesn't have a church home? I'm asking you, go ahead and make victory. Baptist Church of Dallas your church home. Because this is a church that whose boss is not this pastor, it's not Mark J. Morrell Sr. But it's God Almighty. That's who I follow. That's who my pastor is. So it's not me. So I want you to come on down. If you don't know Jesus Christ in your heart, I'm going to tell you, you don't have even the next hour of promise. So why not accept Jesus Christ your pro-savior? Look at all the things he's done for you. Look at all the things he's done for you. Look of all the things He called you out of. Some of us he's called out of the crack house. Some of us he's called out of abuse. Some of us he's called us out of sexual molestation. Some of us he's called us out of all these things. And God said, I'm here to heal you. Well, I want you to come to me. Give me your hand. Give me your heart. Cause I'm right here. I've been right here. I've been right here the whole time. I got my arms open. The name my hand. Not gonna be a handshake. I got my whole, my whole, I'm right here. Won't you come and say, Jesus Christ your brother, Savior? If it's somebody, if it's somebody that.